Hi, this is Jim Anderson with Psalm Tree Consulting, coming to you with a biblically focused business podcast. And today I want to uh, talk a little bit more about the strategy. And again, um, you know, I want you to know that I'm sharing this as I research this stuff and learn it and am working on implementing it in my own strategy as I am on my own journey here. And you're coming along with me. So um, this is an interesting uh, perspective that I have been um, looking into more and trying to relate it to what I'm doing. And uh, that is, you know, this idea of the blue ocean strategy. Um, you know, I have been a big proponent of, um, of uh, competitive strategy and competitive advantage uh, coming from Michael Porter, uh, which has been a standard in business for quite some time. But we're in a new world. And I understand that. And I can see and I'm taking the position that the old world is going away. The brick and mortar type of business as a standard is going away. The overhead of brick and mortar is becoming uh, more and more of an anchor on business because we have the technology and the ability now to go to uh, work with less overhead through the internet and be able to provide the same kinds of value. Um, physical products, of course, you know, there are issues, um, with that. And, um, you know, we look at, at the Amazon model and, and, um, you know, shipping is still, uh, something that is, is become, you know, is, is some, a challenge that's being addressed in the business, but Amazon has been extremely successful in selling products online. And I think that, um, you know, this is obviously going to be, um, this is obviously, you know, going to be a continuous development, but I think the playing field has changed and the total economics of business is changing in the, the um, world uh, between, you know, the online and physical uh, locations of businesses. And, um we are moving more towards the online world and every business is going to need to consider this. And so if you have a business that is, you know, brick and mortar, you need to be thinking in terms of how you are going to start doing more business online and eventually moving your business 100% online. Um, I think that, that, you know, having commercial space, it's expensive and um, more and more unnecessary to some extent. I think there'll probably be always, you know, a physical location people want to go to, but they may become more showrooms than actual places where you go to buy things. You may go there to pick things up, maybe um, uh, after you order them online, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But, um, you know, with the exception maybe of groceries, I don't know. <laughs> You know, this this is um, all um, changing very rapidly, so it's hard for us to see. But, you know, the, the Blue Ocean strategy empowers organizations to create entirely new markets for themselves. Um, and 
in, instead of staying in the same battle for competitors that we've always been involved in, um, and increasingly and increasingly in a crowded marketplace, um, the more people that are in the market, the more businesses that are in a market and more competitors that are in a market, you know, the tougher it gets to compete because there are so many to choose from. How do you get enough uh, people or, you know, buyers um, coming to you to keep you in business and, you know, and even be to be profitable? Um, but, you know, the, the idea behind this blue strat, blue, uh, blue ocean strategy is that you're developing new and previously unforeseen value, you know, and it's at the heart of, uh, that's the heart of building a blue ocean business because it involves innovating a new market space instead of fighting in the old space. Um, a blue ocean business is successful when the company can ensure that the price, the usefulness and the relative cost of its product or service, all those things are in alignment. And to align all of those, a blue ocean strategy has to have a total systematic and holistic approach to keeping its own costs down and enhancing the value while creating the highest possible number of opportunities and allowing the lowest number of risks. You know, not every company needs to be a blue ocean company, but there will always be some value in being the best in a field of competitors. Now, remember when we talked about, about um, uh, competitive strategy, you know, the old from the old school, um, you know, being the best is not what you're trying to do. Being the best is is not something that's sustainable. You want to be the best. You want to always strive to be the best, but that shouldn't be your strategy to be the best. Um, you know, you have to be innovative. You, you have to be. You have to be moving things forward you have to be innovative and moving ahead of your competition and doing things more profitably and uh, this is one reason why i think the internet is a is a wide open opportunity uh even though there may be a lot of competition and more there's still more and more competition being on the internet is not a competitive strategy but it opens new opportunities for innovation and new opportunities to create value. And um, a, a good example of this is Tesla Motors um, in creating a blue ocean business. You know, in 2003, instead of competing with directly with the, the, um, the key auto makers in, in the uh, you know, automotive companies in the United States or I guess even worldwide. But the main ones here are Ford, GM, and Chrysler, obviously. And it's, you know, there have been a lot of companies that have tried to compete with them, but it's very difficult because of the nature of that manufacturing business to compete on the scale that they do. And so the founder of Tesla, or co-founder of Tesla, um, 
and he's also the CEO, Elon Musk, chose to develop a value um, in an entirely innovative area, electric vehicles, you know, where the competition had not really become, you know, risen there yet. So it's a blue ocean. And at the time, most car companies built electric hybrid vehicles um, because they, they were compliance cars. You know, it's what you refer to them as. They're compliance cars. They developed them simply to satisfy the government regulations that they're investing in green technologies because this has become such a politically correct thing to do. And um, instead of designing, um, designing you know, completely electric vehicles, um, to, to you know to arouse the compu- the the consumer interest in this new technology, um, you know, and, and Tesla's not the first company to build electric vehicles, but it was the first one that satisfied a desire for zero emissions, and you know while generating you know an aesthetic looking vehicle and. Um, harnessing the allure of a sports car. And, you know, in fact, you know, Tesla's actually outperformed its gas-guzzling competitors. It's demonstrated a faster acceleration than a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, or a Bugatti in, in 2015 road tests. So, you know, they, they, have, they, are, they are quite an example of a blue ocean strategy. Um, and you know, what's, what's happening if you're watching, there's even charging stations popping up everywhere. And, um, you know, is it just look at the history of this company? Um, it began like a startup to build a minimum viable product to test the market. And then they built a Tesla Roadster, which was essentially an electric Lotus and it sold well. And then they moved to the luxury market where they applied plenty of competitive pressure to, you know, with the with their Model S. And then recently they announced the final part of the plan, which was a mass market vehicle costing around $30,000 that quickly ba- got backed up in orders. And so it was, it was popular. And along the way, there's been a lot of discussion as to whether Tesla is a disruptor and its strategy coming into a market from from the high end was not the you know not the typical demand side disruption playbook instead it looked as though tesla's innovation was to redesign the car in a way that fundamentally meshed software and hardware you know while the traditional car makers had always tacked on software to their existing product. Uh, Tesla's cars were designed from a clean slate. Their architecture, you know, is how the car is put together. It's fundamentally new way of putting together a car. As of now, it's far from clear that the traditional car makers can replicate that architecture without completely dismantling their organizations. And that is good competitive strategy because now 
even before they've, before they've had a chance to find out, Tesla's new plan involves a substantial pivot. They're going to Tesla's going to be doubling down on clean energy um, by using the idea of solar panels on households where they charge their cars. Uh, it's double down, doubling down on the idea of autonomous vehicles, which is something that threatens to change the entire business model of the auto industry. So Elon Musk's plan is to make Tesla truly clean and involves marrying the selling of vehicles with the installation of solar panels on houses. Musk is, is, and his family already own the main entrant in that, in that uh, solar panel uh, field with solar energy uh, called Solar City. So he wants to merge those two companies and uh, believes that there will be more innovation between when those two companies are combined and that will integrate the electric car with a solar future. And uh, there may be, you know, complementaries between the two, but how that works out, we don't know. But you can see this is a blue ocean strategy that is a really good example to look at. Um, you know, Musk is uh, free to tweak this when he brings these two companies together. It's an it's it's a creative mixture of companies with different you know different uh, in totally different markets, which is something that's completely different what what people usually do with their companies when they merge companies. Um, this is this is taking a more creative approach and creativity. Um, you know, like I was talking about in, in you know earlier in in uh, the the virtues of being an entrepreneur. <clears throat> God calls us to be creative. This is creative, and um, you know, tweaking this business model um, and building it from scratch. Um, you know, we're looking now at. Uh, cars going autonomous, threatening, which threatens the need for car ownership. Uh, you know, Tesla has has operated the business on the model of the car industry, selling people vehicles that they own and control. But the CEO Musk sees the future as one where cars are accessed, not owned, and so it's hard to know whether we'll end up owning these cars uh, and. We don't know who's going to end up owning them, but we're just going to simply use them. And uh, that could change, you know, mass transit, um, you know, because Tesla is also planning an autonomous bus and uh, good for and trucks as well. And I think they may already have them for sale. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I haven't I haven't researched it that well. But um, the usual reason not to pursue an integrated approach between these businesses combines two, you know, combining two loosely related businesses is that you want each to focus on what they are good at without being distracted. But when the architecture of an industry is in flux, that focus becomes a problem as it, because it blinds the companies to the issues that both that affect them both. So, um, 
Musk is on to something. And I think this is something that, you know, as we are building our internet businesses, we need to be aware of this. And I think it, you know, thinking about the blue ocean strategy, when you come up with your own business strategy is very, very important. And that's something that I have in mind. And uh, with that said, I'll talk to you next time.